Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Whether you're a pastor or a volunteer in your local congregation, Ministry in Motion is designed to offer you resources, cutting-edge ideas, relevant training, and inspiration for your ministry. Our topic today is Reaching the Secular Mind, and our guest is Jared Thurman from the Adventist Review. Welcome, Jared, to Ministry in Motion. Thank you. Glad to be here. I am excited about what we're going to deal with today. I mean, we live in a secular society. First of all, tell us, what do you do for the Adventist Review? Yeah, so my official title is Strategic Partnerships Liaison. It's a mouthful, a $10 <laughs> word. But, awesome. but building relationships with ministries inside and around the church. And what our viewers need to know is that you are an entrepreneur. I love that. Yeah, I, I grew up in a home with parents. They didn't go to college and they showed me hard work ethics. So it was always looking for the next opportunity. So yeah, yeah that's in my blood. And you graduated from college uh, with a major in? International business. Wow. But you had some trips dealing with different things. Uh, you sensed a call, you sensed a call to ministry. Wow. Um, right. A businessman now wanting to do ministry. Tell us a little bit about how that happened. Yeah, I had graduated school and thought that my calling in the world to do ministry was make a lot of money and pay my tithe check. Okay. And after two trips to India, uh, my whole world was changed and I realized that I had this greater calling to ministry than I thought. Uh, it didn't end up being pastoral ministry, but it was finding ways to reach people, particularly in urban settings. So I have a passion for the cities, mm. and I know we're going to talk some more about that. So Yeah, and so tell me, you know, we look at the world in which we live today, uh, at least here in North America, um, most of our churches are in the rural areas, but most of the people are actually now moving, if not already living, in our urban setting. Um, how was it different, say, 200 years ago? What was the difference in the world today and the world then? And then give us some stats about, you know, if we're going to reach the secular mind, we need to know kind of what we're dealing with here. Sure. Yeah, I was recently watching a film that's soon to re be released, uh, Tell the World. Mm. And it takes you back into the 1800s. Yeah. And you just start to realize that Christianity was the accepted norm. You know, 200 years ago, your neighbor was probably a Christian. In the morning, he was probably reading his Bible. Uh, the mom was probably reading the Bible to the kids at night. That was, uh, I think, uh, the norm. Today, that's not so much the case. Sure. So, so today, we, we live in a culture that's doubting the Bible, doubting the Christian church and what it should be here and what it's for. And So I, I think we have to first acknowledge that this is a different day than it was a long time ago. Yeah. And, and once we do that, then we can start to say, all right, well, how different is it? So yeah, I've, I've got some interesting statistics, okay. you know, thinking about uh, cities particularly. Now, why cities? Because the majority of people in the world now live in a city. Yeah. That, that hasn't been the case throughout the history of the world, right? right? So, right. so the majority of individuals now living in the city, particularly about millennials though, being on the verge of Generation X and Millennial Generation Y, you know, I, I feel like I've got a foot in both camps. But it's interesting about Millennials, so, some points that, that need to be considered. Within the next 10 years, Millennials, so that's like the 18 to 35 age range, 
will make up 75% of the workforce. Mm. Okay, so there's, there's something to, to consider. By what year? By 10 years from now. So about years. 2025 is, okay. is what they estimate. Okay. It, they will make up for the majority of individuals living in cities. So now mm. we're thinking, all right, we're going to reach the world. Now we know that these are the individuals most likely we're going to really need to find a way to reach. Sure. Uh, the average one has $45,000 in debt mm. right out of the gate that young in life. That hasn't always yeah. been the case. Correct. Uh, some other things. 44% believe, believe marriage is becoming obsolete. All right, mm. so they have different views on marriage. Yeah. 69% uh, believe telecommuting is the ideal. That for my work on a day-to-day -day basis, I don't have to go to the office, <laughs> right? So, right? So these different mindsets, and then we're within just a couple of years that they will have the largest spending power in the world. Mm. So, you know, seeing these different things, you know, they, they say that two-thirds of millennials would be more stressed out if their phone was taken away than their keys to their car. <laughs> and, and even car companies now are trying to figure out how are we going to sell cars to this generation of individuals because their world seems satisfied in the palm mm. of their hand. Man, that's, that's uh, some real talk there. And as we think about how secularism is rising even in the church, how does that impact ministry? Uh, what, what thoughts do you have on if we're going to reach this group with all of these coming statistics, mm -hmm. um, what are some challenges we face? Yeah, I think, I think one would be to consider what are the things that individuals in society, those maybe not in the Christian church currently, a secular mm -hmm. mind, what are they passionate about? And there's some interesting things, trends that are happening. You know, sure. there, there are talking about millennials, yet again, because they're such a large demographic, uh, a trend is such a passion for the environment. Mm. So how does the Christian church say, you know what? There is a lot of creation care in scripture. Sure. How, do we, how do we relate on the idea of the environment? And oftentimes, you know, you turn on the news, you might find Christians denying anything going on with the climate and the environment. But the truth is, hey, we're in a different world than we were you know, just, just a few years back. So I think it's relating. Mm. That's a big thing of understanding where, where is a secular mind coming from? What are the things they're familiar with? What are they passionate about? Sure. And I think with that knowledge, then we can find the inroads. Gotcha. It sounds like you're saying, let's find some missional opportunities and maybe a common goal or a common approach. Uh, I mean, if you care about the environment, that sounds like stewardship. Mm. So stewardship isn't just about money. Right. You know, it's about keeping God's creation. I love that. Anything else? Any other crossroads that may help us? Health uh, is a big one. Yeah. You know, there's some studies that show the fastest growing demographic who are converting to a plant-based diet are millennials, secular millennials, people that have nothing to do with religion. So, you know, we look in different world religions and you can see in Hinduism, there's some, some teaching that's about you know, eating healthier and not eating animals that may be ancestors or, you know, all these different things. But I think, I think health is an inroads. Mm. And, and I think to consider, this is a generation where people have some noble desires within them. And, and to know that, hey, you know, we may have an agenda to, to show them what Jesus is like. Sure. Truth of the matter is, though, a lot of people equate Jesus or Christianity perhaps with things that should not be so. And I think as, as Bible students as you and I are, we, we can look back in history and we can say, you know what, perhaps the Christian church hasn't always been responsible for the best 
things. Yeah. And, and I think that may be where we need to start the conversation. We'll be right back with Jared Thurman on Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. We're talking with Jared Thurman from the Adventist Review about how to reach the secular mind. And Jared, you were just giving us some examples or segues or crossroads in which we can meet people where they are and relate to them. I like that word relationships or relating to people. You talked about the environment. And of course, I mentioned stewardship as being kind of a way we can relate to people. And then you mentioned health. Tell us a little bit more about health. How do we relate to the secular mind, maybe through health? Sure. Yeah, I think, I think it's good to know, you know, the, the primary reason individuals these days are, are transitioning to a plant-based diet mm -hmm. is largely not for health reasons, <laughs> right? It's actually for the environment. So it's tying back to that idea really? of stewardship. Hmm. So th there are lots of people that say, well, I'm going to eat a different way so that I can be healthier. Over 90% of individuals who go to a more healthy plant-based diet, they're doing it for the environment, to care for the animals, you know, animal welfare, uh, to care for you know, climate change, to, to reverse that somehow. So I think that's an inroads you know, to say, hey, the original diet that God intended us to live forever on is a sustainable diet. Now, I think sure. that's a buzzword. What's sustainable uh, these days? Sure. Well, that's, that's rich. You know, I'm uh, at the end of the baby boom generation, and I became a vegetarian because uh, I wanted to do well in sports. Yeah. <laughs> but it had nothing to do with the environment. So <laughs> I could see how these different views of when you were born and the world you were born into impacts your choices. Yeah. What's another way? that we can uh, reach the secular mind. You dealt with health, you dealt with the environment, anything else? Yeah, okay, so I think the big elephant in the room <laughs> is social justice. Wow. So, and for me, this is, this is the garage door open to go through, right? <laughs> These are the gates of the city, let's, go into it. Let's talk about so, it. So you think about uh, Isaiah 58. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's one of my favorite chapters in scripture, and I, I often pair that one with Matthew 25. Yeah. That in the judgment, yeah. it will not be a question about, let me check your theology. Right. This, this is my conviction. Sure. It, it will be, what did you do for those in need? Wow. Did the gospel actually permeate your life so much that other people could recognize it without any sermon? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So with social justice, what I mean by that is we look in Isaiah 58 and we see, we see a religious people asking the Lord, why aren't you noticing this religiousness of us? We have done this and this, and, and they're given this checklist. And, and the calling there is, is that we should cry aloud about this, that this is not what Christianity and religion has been called to the earth for, to build our own steeples and to worship in our own buildings, that we've actually been called to minister to people wow. in need. You're raising a tension here because people struggle with this in the church. And I'm so glad you brought it up because people at times act as if, well, that's not our responsibility. That's the societies, that's community. But don't we live in the society? Don't we live in the community? And I'm so glad you brought in the Bible. You know, Micah 6, 8 says, 
He has shown thee, O man, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. So there is a biblical mandate to be involved in the social order of humanity when people are treated unjustly. Really? I mean, think about it. There, there are entire <laughs> demographics in the world who look at Christianity and say, why have you been silent for yeah. injustices that have and are taking place? Mm. And I think on some of these issues we're discussing, the Christian <laughs> church is often taking a stance that is against the environment, mm. that is against health, and that is against social justice. Wow. And, and yet I, I have this just overwhelming conviction as of late that if we believe that many of us will make up the population of heaven, yeah. would it look just like it is now with our insulated environments? And I'm not so sure of that. I think the Lord is calling us to live out this experience mm -hmm. so that our neighbor, you know, if we went to our neighbor and said, hey, I want to, I want to show you something. You don't have to know the Bible or not. If, mm -hmm. if, if this secular-minded neighbor, I believe that my destiny is determined on Isaiah 58 or Matthew 25, what I've done for other people. Do you think I have a place in paradise? Uh, they should be able to witness to our own lives of yeah. us serving and ministering in the community before any theology comes into the picture. <laughs> Man. And, and, and you know, I, I'm going to see if you can go even deeper. It's one thing to, to relate. Mm -hmm. We can relate to these three things we talked about. Um, but how do we actually reach them after we relate. I mean, if I talk to someone about health, if I talk to someone about the environment, if I get out and, and maybe even choose to, to march with someone mm -hmm. uh, to address social ills in the community and society, does that go far enough? Is that it as far as reaching the secular mind? So, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I think we can only ask, is that far enough once we've done it? Okay. So let's assume we've done those things, we've sure. related, we have acknowledged uh, the good decisions they're making, and, and how can we join in caring for the environment or, or ministering to the needs in society, etc. Sure. But I think after that point, the only solution to the whole big picture comes from Scripture. Mm. Otherwise, this chaos is out of control. Uh, and I, I think Scripture is the only thing that can put it all together that says, look, this is where this started. Mm -hmm. And this is where it ends. Because as much as we may minister, we're not going to cure all these problems by ourselves. We need a savior and we desperately need it. And I think a lot of people are wondering, is technology our savior? Mm. You know, are mm. robots going to solve this? Are, yeah. are colonizing another planet, is that going to solve this? Sure. And I think as, as students of the Bible, we have to say, hey, we're with you, but we got to show you where we're, we're going together. Wow. Man, you know, you, you shared a little before we, we started filming about your own personal testimony. And I want to talk about that uh, for our next segment. segment. But before we close uh, this time, um, tell me what have you experienced in relating to the secular society and how have you chosen to reach them? Hold that thought. We're going to return in just a few moments with more Ministry in Motion with Jared Thurman to talk about how to reach the secular mind.
Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. We're talking with Jared Thurman from the Adventist Review about reaching the secular mind. And Jared, question, can we reach the secular mind with Christ's method alone? That's a great, yeah, so that, that very statement, uh, Christ's method alone will give true success in reaching the people. people. And so yeah. here's, the, here's the formula. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. He showed sympathy for them, mm. ministered to their needs, and won their confidence. Then he bade them follow me. Sure. So, so we think about in the Christian context, we often, hey, come to my church. It's uh -huh. like, whoa, 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 we just hijacked the process <laughs> all the way to the end. Right. And so with the secular mind, you know, the, the Christian church hasn't built on its good graces. It, let's just use a North American context. We haven't really built on those. Sure. From 200 years ago, where you knew, oh, that man's a Christian. Therefore, mm. you knew he was honest, pure, right, right. consistent. You can shake a hand for a business deal. And we don't need a contract. It's done, right. <laughs> that, that day, I don't think, is seen as, as the same in the public's eyes and maybe in the secular mind. So mm. we've got to then create a, a new opportunity to say, hey, here's what the true faith of Jesus is all about. And, and that requires mingling. Can we, can we socialize with people? <laughs> and, and does that mean we can still stand peculiar? You know, I notice you don't drink alcohol, but you come to our socials and you're great to be around, yet you're not drinking, you know? Sure, You were sure. gonna say something. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, sometimes I think we act as if um, others' vices will rub off on us. But shouldn't we be the salt? Shouldn't we be the light? Shouldn't we? Don't we have something to rub off on other people? It's amazing. I, I think we do. <laughs> you know, you look at the different ways in which we can start to mingle with people. They've got to get to know us. So I, I think of a few examples of my sister has a hair salon. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like a church. I mean, there's people that need ministering to. Wow. She went to school for a psychology degree. And she, she jokes now that every day she gets to practice that because people wow. need nurturing, encouragement. Yeah. And, and you need to show sympathy for them. And then if there's ways you can minister to them, you know, I think that's where we can start to get creative as the Christian church of how do we insert ourselves into the fabric of society? I'll give you an example. There's a large company we'd all be familiar with where when you think of how am I going to reach one of these employees in this company? How would I share Jesus with them? Check this out. This is a real scenario from Atlanta. <laughs> they wake up, they get on the subway, which is right outside their apartment. They head to the office building where there's a subway station across the street. They get out, they walk in, they go up to their place of employment. There's now a restaurant there, so they don't have to leave for lunch. When they're done with work, there's probably a social. They go back down into the subway, back home. Mm. Our opportunities to minister to people are diminishing. Sure. And so we've got to start to find ways of how do we get into these people's lives? So you had an idea. I want to hear about this idea of the barbershop. <laughs> yeah, Share just, on that. just like your sister, I've always had a dream to, to own a barbershop. And uh, I think just like your sister, it is a place where people come and the community talks and shares. And man, while she has people washing their hair, they can't go anywhere. They've got to listen or they've got to ask questions. And it's a great place to pollinate ideas and to share. So uh, would how, that how be an example? That... Would that be an example of reaching Absolutely. People? How long does what? that take? How long, how long are you in a, in a chair at a barbershop? Um, probably 25 minutes. And that's for interactive discussion. Think about that. That's not, that's not common in a church. Yeah. We're hearing a monologue to that's a lot of true. people. You've got real issues. You're working out with somebody. <laughs> so I think uh, 
We need more pastors. I mean, this is a crazy idea. More pastors as barbers. Uh, I love that. <laughs> right? They get people, people are paying them to yeah. be ministered to. Oh, that's rich. That's a rich idea. <laughs> yeah. And Jared, as an entrepreneur, when you think about cross-pollinating and, and talking with people who don't know the Lord, um, what are other foolproof ways that you found? Mingling, of course, but when people ask you, why don't you drink? Or, hey, I notice you haven't been cursing and everybody else has. Uh, what, what, what does that cause you opportunity to do? So the temptation is to bust out the Bible <laughs> and say, I'm so glad you finally asked. Come on down. And right. Choir, turn the choir on. But, uh, Put water in the pool. Oh, man, put the water in the pool. We got a baptism. Right. Uh, that's the temptation. Okay. But I think it's, there's that patience that has to be practiced of relating still. Still okay. knowing that if I just say, well, it's because I'm a Christian. Well, no, no, no. I know a Christian. He don't act like this. Mm. So I think you still have to be relatable with people. Give as much of an answer as you can, but as little as needed. Okay. And, and, and keep people interested in why we do what we do. Uh, it may not be, why don't you drink to get down into a deep Bible study. Sure. Uh, it, it may be just, well, you know, there was this one verse I read that it impressed me this way. Or, you know, maybe some real life experience. You know, mm. they overcame him by the word of their testimony. I, I just think of that. There's sure. nothing like a testimony that can witness into people's lives. Correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like you're saying... Don't be tempted to move to the quick end of follow me. It's tempting. Yeah, but, but really build relationships, care for people, follow the model of Christ, uh, show sympathy, win their confidence. Uh, that, that may not happen in three months. No, that, that takes time. Yeah, it and, takes and time. I, I think it's important to realize that because it takes time, we often need to be continuing to ask, is this their need? Mm. Did I just go off a previous need and now this isn't their need anymore? Yeah. You know, it's, it's easy to get overly excited, but realizing we need to be patient with people and prayerfully asking the Lord, what is it this person needs at this moment? He's got the inside information hmm. that, that we can be in tune with. So, you know, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of opportunities we can find. Jerry, thank you so much for being with us on Ministry in Motion. You've helped us understand how to reach the secular mind. And thank you for joining us for another program of Ministry in Motion. If you would like some more information on our topic today or to watch this program 24-7, seven days a week, visit our website, www.ministryinmotion.tv. And if you have questions, please email us at feedback at ministryinmotion.tv and we would be delighted to do our best to answer your questions. Once again, thanks so much for joining us. And until next time on Ministry in Motion, may God richly bless you.